Social Zone Factor, episode 95. Driving results in business these days takes something special. It's a combination of the right info and the right energy. Pam Moore has both and is here to help you avoid the pitfalls and guide your business and life by leveraging and integrating social media, powerful branding, and digital marketing. Welcome to Social Zoom Factor. Now it's time to live life zoomed. Hey, Zoomers, we are getting started in just a few seconds. But in order to Zoom, you need fuel. Our sponsors give us that fuel. Take a minute now to learn more about them. Your team is at the heart and soul of your business. You work hard to attract great people who help your business Zoom. Our new partner, Everyone Social, enables employees to become effective brand ambassadors by sharing, recommending, and promoting relevant content while building their personal online brand. Check it out and request a demo at socialzoomfactor.com slash everyone social. Hey there, Zoomers, and welcome to Social Zoom Factor. This is your host, Pam Moore. Today, we are going to talk about something really exciting, and that is a recap with some marketing lessons learned about the Super Bowl. So hopefully you listened to episode 94. If you didn't, you probably should, where I gave you some solid tips of how to make the most of Super Bowl marketing, whether you are a big brand or a teeny tiny little brand. And so today we are going to chat about what happened at Super Bowl 49, 2015. And we are going to focus in on, you guessed it, the social Super Bowl side of thing. First question I want to ask everybody, and that includes you, is just what did you think of the Super Bowl? And particularly when it comes to the ads and the marketing and the social media, what did you think? Please tweet us your thoughts utilizing the hashtag pound social zoom factor. And I encourage you also to check out our Twitter chat, get real chat, pound get real chat. We meet every Tuesday night at 9 p.m. Eastern time. And if you happen to be listening to this conversation on February Third, we will be meeting talking about this exact topic around the Super Bowl tonight. So come check it out. And if you're listening to this past the third, then I encourage you to go to getrealchat.com and check out the recap from that Twitter chat. As you know, the Patriots were not the only winner last night. Super Bowl also set a few social media records as well. So on this podcast today, we're going to talk about some of those social records that were broke, some of the wins, some of the losses, as well as eight takeaways I have that we can all learn from this year's social Super Bowl and from the big brands that were doing advertising and just kind of what was happening online. And these are some takeaways and tips that we can learn and take back to our daily business all year long. So let's dig into my favorite part, which is some of the data. All right. So number one stat that we have, it was the most tweeted Super Bowl event ever with a record-breaking number of tweets at 28.4 million during the broadcast. Now, this is up from 2014, which was 24.9 million. Now, although that may seem like a ton, do you know that that still did not beat out the most tweeted sports game? 
of FIFA, which was the semifinal between Germany and Brazil, which brought in 35.6 million tweets. Yowza. All right. So according to Twitter, the top three moments in yesterday's game were number one, when Butler intercepted a pass by Russell Wilson 20 seconds before the game ended. Yes, I absolutely wanted to cry. I don't know about you because I was really pushing for the Seahawks. But at that point, tweets were flying at about 395,000 tweets per minute. Number two moment was when the New England Patriots won the Super Bowl. Okay, that's not a surprise. At that point, tweets were flying at 379,000 tweets per minute. And the third moment, drum roll please, is just after Katy Perry finished her halftime performance at 284,000 tweets per minute. Go Katy. All right, so I don't know about you, but I kind of thought it reminded me of the Wiggles. So how many of you used to ever watch the Wiggles with your kids? Remember that song? Fruit salad. Yummy, yummy. So I think she had some bananas up on stage, it looked like, and some sharks. I don't know what all was up there. I was laughing and tweeting too hard. I probably missed half of it. So top hashtags used were pound SB49 for Super Bowl 49 coming in at 2.8 million pound Super Bowl at 2.5 million. And that's the hashtag I hung out on quite a bit. And of course, the Super Bowl 49, but in Roman Roman numerals at 1.1 million. Okay. Male and female breakdown were approximately males at 54.7%, females at 45.3%. Of the 66 TV ads that aired during the game, 50% of them incorporated a hashtag, yet the Twitter logo was only used three times. Okay, that does not surprise me at all, to be honest, because as I... I've been preaching for years. The Twitter logo on its own isn't going to do a whole lot for you. So I always tell our clients in most cases, there's no reason to have that Twitter logo up there unless you also have an action to tell them how to find you. I mean, there are hundreds of millions of accounts out on Twitter that may even sound like your brand. So you need to make sure you're giving a specific action. All right. So what and where was Facebook when it comes to the Super Bowl? Of course, Facebook did didn't want to miss out on the action, but I don't know about you. I definitely was hanging out at Twitter and some of the other social networks more than I was on Facebook. And if you dig into some of the data, you'll see that it looks like many people were doing the same. Although they had a lot of engagement, there was a lot of post-game conversation where people came back to Facebook to say, hey, okay, this is what I thought of this team winning, or you know, here's my favorite ad conversation, whatever it may be. But here's a couple stats for you. Super Bowl was discussed by 65 million people versus 50 million people in 2014, and that's on Facebook. It generated 265 million posts, comments, and likes, according to Catalyst, which is a PR and research agency. The Patriots' victory was the most talked about topic on Facebook, with 1.36 million people commenting every minute, followed by Katy Perry's firework finale at halftime, which engaged 1.02 million people, according to Facebook's own data team. All right. So Patriots not only won on the field, but also the social Super Bowl, wouldn't you say? They had 1.9 million mentions plus 47,000 increase in their number of Twitter followers due to the Super Bowl. Seahawks saw an increase of 38,000 plus 1.7 mentions throughout the game. Tom Brady alone had 541 
thousand mentions. All I can say is, I guess, go Tom. Let's shift gears a little bit and let's start talking about some of the brands. So who were the most talked about brands who advertised? Okay, I'm going to tell you a number of orders starting at the highest. So most talked about was Budweiser. Second was Nationwide Insurance. Third is Skittles, followed by Doritos and then McDonald's. Okay, sentiment, which means what was the tone of those conversations? What were people thinking and talking about those brands? Was it positive? Was it negative? It was positive for the majority of them. Uh, Doritos had a positive sentiment of 84.8%, the most positive. Budweiser had a 77.9%. And I saw them getting quite a bit of slack, even for using the puppies over and over again. And we're going to talk about that on uh, when we start to talk about some of the tips and lessons learned. But Nationwide had the most negative sentiment at 77.3% negative. And we're going to talk about that a little bit later. And just in case you're hungry, guess what was talked about in regard to food? Okay. Chicken wings were mentioned 86,000 times and pizza appeared in 58,000 posts. Other popular snacks included chips, chili, guacamole, and barbecue. So what can we learn? Let's talk about eight takeaways that we can learn from these Super Bowl advertisers. Number one is that obviously emotion still sells, but I think there's some lessons learned here. So do not copy other people's puppies is all I can say. Puppies absolutely still sell. Emotion still sells. I'll tell you, some people are getting tired of them. And I saw a lot of people talking about this online and I love the Budweiser commercials. Okay. But they're starting to get to me a little sterile. They're getting too planned. Yes. The dude is really hot who um, lost his puppy in the ad, but it's too picture perfect. Okay. This beautiful dude loses his puppy. And then, you know, the, the Clydesdale horses bring it back. That's all great. But, you know, let's come up with something different. So I was actually really happy when I saw them thinking out of the box and doing something other than the puppies. I actually like some of the ads where they just said, you know, beer drinkers drink our beer or whatever it was that they said. And they had bold messages. They had bold text on the screen. And they they went back to kind of who they are and what they are about. But the puppies are great. But don't, don't get me wrong. It's not that I don't like puppies. However, I want to talk a little bit about what GoDaddy did to themselves. Okay, they got themselves into a little bit of trouble with an ad with a puppy similar to the Budweiser ads from past years. The difference in what GoDaddy did is they created this theme around a puppy and it was a lost puppy. So this puppy gets lost and then he finds his way home and the owner tells him that, you know, glad you're home, but don't worry. We basically have sold you. As you can imagine, the animal rights activists were all over this because they don't like the puppy mills. And so GoDaddy wound up taking the ad completely down even before the Super Bowl started. And as you know, we talked about this in our last podcast, the cost to place an ad during the Super Bowl on NBC was between 4.4 and $4.5 million. All right. So planning to spend that money and having to take your ad down at the last minute is not 
obviously a good thing. So you can imagine there were some things flying around GoDaddy. They were not happy about that. But I want to tell them, lesson learned for them, okay? Be your own company. Be your own brand. Pound be you. Be human. Don't just copy other people's puppies. I mean, the puppy looked almost exactly like the puppy we have seen in the Budweiser commercials the last couple years. So I think it was a huge lesson learned that what works for one brand may not always work for your brand. And that's why you really need to build your own brand, your own strategy, as I am always preaching and teaching. So think out of the box, know your audience, figure out how you are going to inspire them to connect and engage with you, earn their trust, their mind, their heart, and their tweets. Number two takeaway was people don't forget what you did last year. And there was just a ton of banter about what happened last year and what brands did and did not do different this year. So GoDaddy again comes up here. They took some heat again about their risky ads showing half-naked women in past years. And as I mentioned on the prior podcast, episode 94, I shared with you that I had been pretty vocal the year before with GoDaddy and was actually bantering back and forth with them. And they reacted really quickly and sent an image back. I, we were talking about puppies and bunnies and and uh, they sent an image back that they created on the fly and tweeted it to me. Well, they replied very quick this year also and I told them in a tweet that they should consider teaming up with the Pound Like a Girl campaign that was also an ad uh, for next year because I really truly think that GoDaddy needs to get more focused on acknowledging the women in technology and they need to figure out how they can wipe away some of the bad rap that they have received in past years because they have truly discriminated against their female audience and customers. They've basically ignored us, okay? Like we don't exist. So I was happy to see that they almost immediately tweeted me, letting me know about some of the work they are doing in support of women and technology. So I think, and they said, you know, stay tuned, more to come. So I think the proof is going to be in the pudding here. And I'm excited to see maybe if they take that to the next level and can really wipe away some of the the bad rap they've had in the past. Number three is know how your ad really aligns to your brand. Think it through. Although tip number one is obviously emotion sells, but you need to not just have emotion for the sake of emotion. And this is exactly why nationwide, why that stat I mentioned earlier, 77% of the tweets were negative because they got hammered for an educational ad that they had that was supposed to bring awareness to the high number of children that die in accidents every year that could be prevented. So they're preventable accidents. However, although their intentions were good and the ads were very emotional and they did pull you in, they depressed people. And they did not sit well with the social community that was vocal and online. And today, Nationwide had to actually issue almost an apology, but it was an explanation of what they were trying to do with the ad because people were very, very turned off thinking, how dare you you know, try to sell me insurance when you're stating my kid has died from an accident? You know, like I really care about my insurance at that time. And, and it was just inappropriate that it was blasted to us in the middle of the Super Bowl. So really, although I think their intentions were good, they were clearly 
really lacking a call to action and a way to engage their community. Although there was a URL, I guess, at the end, even when I visited the website, you know, it's a little confusing. And if it's if their whole goal was really to educate and to drive awareness, I think they really missed that. And instead, people just got so hung up on how uncomfortable the ad made them feel talking about aligning the ad to your brand. Obviously, there were quite a few that did really well. McDonald's nailed it. They were 100% on brand. I think Doritos nailed it. I love the Doritos ad with the dude on the airline and I can completely relate to him. It reminds me of every time I fly Southwest Air, which drives me crazy. I always end up stuck in the middle seat between two big people that usually take up half my seat. And I loved the Dorito ad where the guy is, you know, reading an IBS book first, and then he's just being, you know, doing everything he can to be annoying. He's flossing his teeth, and then he uh, gets out a bag of Doritos and thinks he's got this hot girl that's going to come sit by him, and uh, he kind of sticks out his chest, and then he fools, he gets fooled by her, and she's actually got a baby. Uh, that comes and sits by him. So I could just completely relate. And I actually tweeted something during that ad and got almost an immediate response back from Southwest Air, which I thought was pretty cool. And I had tweeted something like, hey, I'm tempted to try this on my next flight. And I said, I'm thinking maybe I'll crack out the tuna. Southwest Air replied and said, no tuna. It's a no tuna zone. Doritos, you rocked most of your ads. Uh, Good job. Skittles did great as well. Well, and um, those are you know all the car companies did did very well. They were pretty on brand. I loved all the different dad commercials, really inspiring dads to uh, not just drive fast cars, but to be good dads, right? And, and telling stories and helping us connect to that. And maybe it's because I'm a mom and I love my husband who takes care of our kids with me. But those messages seem to really resonate with a lot of people. Budweiser was obviously on brand. And um, I love the BMW ad with Katie Couric and going, you know, they went back in history laughing about what is the internet and then fast forwarding to the new BMW car today and then trying to figure out all the gadgets and gadgets inside the car. So pretty cool. It brought to us, you know, the past, uh, the current, and then thinking forward to the future because most of us don't have those cars yet. Number four is to make sure that you have a plan and be human in your response. So some brands were engaged in talking real time, even before the game started, and then all the way throughout the game and post game, even through today. So most of them, I think, were engaged. I saw Skittles out there. I saw Doritos out there. I saw Chevy out there, most of the car companies. So GoDaddy, obviously I talked about them. Most of them were engaged. However, this is another way that Nationwide got hammered. What they were doing was truly robotic behavior. As their responses to people who even were fans of those crazy commercials, they were sending robotic replies and they would have a whole string of replies in a row that were exactly the same saying, you know, thank you very much for, I'm glad you like it. You can go check out this here and they had the URL. So complete 
pound fail. I was so disappointed to see that. Why on earth would you spend $4.5 million on an ad? If you're going to do that, make sure you at minimum take the time to write up a few unique tweets so you can be human. I mean, reply to people in a human way or spend a few thousand dollars to hire an agency, a consultant to help you if you don't know what to do. I mean, seriously, if you can afford $4.5 million for an ad, you can surely afford to write some tweets that are human. Obvious that they did not take the time to engage and to really see the social network for what it was. And I know that the insurance and the finance and the, some of the medical industries are a little behind the times and they have regulations. They have HIPAA regulations and of what they can and can't do on social. So I know they have a little bit of that quote unquote fear factor going on, but still they can be human. You know, they could have at least multiple canned responses. You don't need to send the same reply tweet to every single single person that's talking to you. Number five takeaway is that it's pretty obvious that it's getting pretty noisy for even the big brands during the Super Bowl. It's interesting to see so many brands using text. There was a lot of text that came on screen and just big, bold with a black background. And the Chevy commercial was just awesome. And they tricked a lot of people because they made your TV look like it was turning off or freaking out on you, blacking out on you. And it looked all fuzzy and this purple bar came across your TV. And then it said something like, how would you feel if this, if your TV really went out, you know, and you can go check out uh, the Chevy cars and we have Wi-Fi and all the features they listed there. But I mean, that was bold that grabbed attention. And although they didn't fool me because we have a brand new big screen TV and I don't think that's how our TV would go out. I know how it makes noises when it pops. There were a lot of other people that did get fooled. And then they had this big text that came on and uh, told you the message. And there were quite a few ads that I saw had text. And it's funny that the text is memorable. And I think it's memorable because it's different than the puppies. It's different than the stories. It's different than kind of some of the drama. It's just kind of in your face, um, blasting through the noise, blasting through the visuals. So it's going to be interesting for me to see what happens next year. I sure hope that they all don't all go to text and we wind up with a ton of text commercials. So, you know, only time will tell of how that's going to take off. Uh, number six is don't forget when you're doing social listening to also listen for the hashtag. And I saw several brands only replying to the at symbol on Twitter versus also keeping close tags on the hashtags. Because I know for me, I'm one, when I was tweeting about in two brands, I'm really oftentimes just using a hashtag and Last night at the Super Bowl, I particularly did that. I talked primarily using hashtags and some of the brands were smart to pick it up. I mean, Southwest Air, I did talk to them through the app mention though, uh, but uh, GoDaddy and Budweiser and a bunch of others uh, I saw replying, not even just to the app mentions, but also to the hashtag. So if you are doing social listening the way that you should be doing social listening, you must also look out and be monitoring that hashtag. And I know we are, we're doing that for our clients. Number seven is that you don't actually have to have an ad even as a big brand to get engaged. Volvo 
okay, the car maker, attempted to hijack some of the car commercials airing live with a campaign that they had offering a free car giveaway if you tweeted their contest hashtag, which was pound Volvo contest, I believe, during the game when another car commercial was being run and use their hashtag. You had to tweet to them and tell them why you, who you think should win a car that you know and why they deserve it is then the second piece of that. Now, so what they were trying to do was when their competitors are airing this $4.5 million ad, instead of you tweeting about Chevy or Dodge or Nissan, all right, you are instead tweeting about Volvo so you can win a car. So I thought that was pretty catchy. And um, I saw it work. I saw quite a few people tweeting about that. I haven't pulled up any of the stats uh, as of yet, but I'm sure I will be digging into that. Now, the thing where they kind of fell down on this, though, is the process. Okay. So they tweeted back to me. I had tweeted that I believe my son should win uh, one of these cars. And they tweeted back to me today and then told me, gave me a link and said to go to this link and to tell us why this person should win that. Well, I went to the link and I can't find anything there except a video and I'm just going in circles. There's nothing for me to fill out. It's nothing telling me what I need to do next to tell them why the person should win. So this leads us to number eight, have a very clear call to action because too many brands lack a cohesive strategy and call to action. And it's funny that this is happening with a $4.5 million ad. I just, I can't believe it. Having the marketing background and experience that I do, I just don't see an excuse for this. If you are going to execute a campaign, an ad of the size of what these brands are doing and with the resources that they have, there is no excuse that you should not have a cohesive strategy with the cohesive call to action and a way to inspire, connect, and engage your audience and tell them what you need them to do. Help me help you. Make it easy for people to know what you are trying to say why and how they can get engaged, how they can become an evangelist for your brand. You cannot skip that step. So that's our last tip that I have for you today. I want to just now share with you the top brands in the order that they were mentioned. So you can remember these. Number one, top mentions were nationwide. Okay. But remember, most of their sentiment was negative. Number two is Budweiser. Number three is Coke. Number four is Fiat Carmaker. Number five is Doritos. Number six is Skittles. Number seven is McDonald's. Number eight is Nissan. Number nine is Jurassic Park. And number 10 is Toyota. So, Go check out socialzoomfactor.com slash 95. And I will link a ton of resources there that will take you to some other blog posts of where I got some of this data. A lot of this data came from Salesforce and the cloud and Business Insider, Adweek, and a bunch of other sources that I I grabbed them from. So uh, they all have been validated and I hope that they have been useful to you. I hope that you can learn some lessons from what some of these very large brands are doing doing online socially during big events such as the Super Bowl. And I know your time is limited and I hope that today was valuable for you. Have an amazing week. That's a wrap. 
If you're ready to Zoom your business and Zoom your life, then don't let the end of this episode be the end of your journey. Visit socialzoomfactor.com slash zoom for incredible free resources and guides. And be sure to join the Social Zoom Factor mailing list so you never miss an episode. We'll see you next time on Social Zoom Factor.